When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, New York Melbourne Arena Time is 743 My name is Ryan S. Starrett. Uh, on Twitter at Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for Sincerely Believe in Trey Donaldson as Point Guard 2. Hopefully not Point Guard 1, though. Uh, it's just me and a very special guest tonight. Um, it's basketball season, guys, so I have Shooty Hoops Will, Dr. McLaughlin, here with me. How's it going, Will? Going well about yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, if we had been 2-0 this week, I'd be a little better, but, you know, we, we didn't uh, lose a non-con game at home, so I'm always yeah. happy about that. Beggars can't be choosers. So. Yeah. Well, let's get right into it. We've got a lot of basketball to talk about. Uh, from last week, a lot of basketball from or for next week to talk about. Um, first, let's just uh, let's hear your thoughts on uh, holiday hoops giving as you spent all day, all four games in State Farm Arena. How'd you enjoy it? I had a blast. That's that's a, that's a basketball fan's dream come true to go <laughs> and be in an arena for eleven and a half hours and watch four basketball games. And uh, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed it. Um, my so for those that that didn't follow holiday hoops giving we had Tulane in Buffalo um, which there may have been 500 people in there including staff and security when that game tipped off <laughs> it was very sparse um when you were sitting down almost courtside weren't you we were yeah so me and a friend of mine who's a who's a Memphis fan we made the trek down from Jeez. Nashville Saturday morning with the intention of go- coming for all four games and we we accomplished that goal um, but yeah, we sat we sat down courtside pretty much just about uh, mid court, not directly on the court, but right behind the court, uh, mid court. So I mean, we had a really great seat to all the action. Second Who was game the was, best player you saw all day? Like, if you had tried to pick one, not necessarily the best, you know, basketball player, but like, what was the performance that stood out to you the most? Well, the, the best performance that I saw on Saturday was in that second game between LSU and Wake Forest, and. That second game was a battle between Tyree Appleby of Wake Forest and the player I was most impressed with was K.J. Williams. Uh, K.J. Williams had 35 points and nine rebounds. He was seven of nine from three and really got LSU back into a game where they were down 30 to 12 at one point. And then LSU (laughs) won that game 72 to 70 on a bucket with two seconds left. Definitely a great finish. Yeah, it was a great finish. Closest game of the day. And then obviously we had Auburn Memphis in the third game. We'll talk about that. And then the nightcap was Clemson and Loyola Chicago. And, you know, Loyola is not the same team that we've grown accustomed to the last three, four, five years, but uh, they put on a, they put on a clinic against Clemson. They never let Clemson get close. Anytime that Clemson could get it with the eight points, uh, they would hit a three and just, they handle Clemson for 40 minutes. So um, really fun time. My only, the only thing I'll say in a negative light of Holiday Hoops giving, because, because I don't want to say too much negative, because it was a great, great event, great day. Thoroughly enjoyed it. The security, all the people were really friendly at State Farm Arena. We were very impressed by that. 
my one gripe about holiday hoops giving is you have to find if you want to keep this an event that happens every year and make money they have to find a second anchor team to help because auburn cannot be the only anchor team in this in this uh field there there's a fifth game in this event which is not until this sunday between notre dame and georgia and i'm not really sure why they did they did that one-off like that but they have got to find another anchor team to come and play in that event because I think even for Auburn and Memphis, like the the like it was a decent crowd, but I don't even think it was the State Farm is fifty percent full, and I'm including everything that wasn't closed off. I'm thinking about the full right. arena, but you really need a second big anchor team that's gonna have a big fan base that's not too far away to make that event even better. Um, yeah, I, I mean to your point, there's almost always a lot of um, Football schools isn't the way to put it because, but I mean, this year between Auburn, Clemson, LSU, it, it did kind of feel like that. But a lot of uh, like B level teams, I think that there wasn't really the one Duke, UNC um, that you're like, oh, they're they're gonna show up and and put eight thousand people in there or Kentucky something like that. Yeah. Auburn is as close as they had to that, and Auburn Memphis, you know, is that is a good game to have on that schedule. But there's just there wasn't much else as far as high profile games around it. Yeah, and and you're never gonna get a Duke, Carolina, Kentucky probably to play in that game, but maybe like a maybe like a Tennessee, maybe. I mean, I mean, even throwing Georgia, Georgia Tech, I don't even know if that would be the draw that you need. Well, a, a cool way to do it would be, and this is just me spitballing on the fly here, is if you could incorporate some of the SEC, ACC upcoming challenge to do some of that in Atlanta. Yeah, uh, have, or have Georgia, Georgia Tech be a part of that. Uh, something, something to make it a rivalry, kind of have. You know, maybe two or three big names uh, that would definitely show out there. The only, the only, the only caveat or only thing I would disagree with that with is those SEC ACC challenge games starting next year. I'd love for those to be on campus, I, but sure. I do, but I do see, but but you, but, can, you can but for that event there. to make more money, that would be a way they could approach it. Sure, if yeah. they could steal some of those games, I think they definitely should. No, for sure. Um, I mean, hey, if you want to, if you want to do it where you play them in Atlanta one year or even play them and then play them in like Greensboro or Charlotte closer to ACC country the next year, right. you could, you know, you could do that. Um, obviously with the SEC tournament pretty much in Nashville for the foreseeable future, you know, Atlanta doesn't, didn't really have a big college basketball event until holiday hoops giving. And like I said, I enjoyed it. had a great experience. Uh, like I said, but like I said, I think if you want to do make it even better, you need to get a second big fan base close to Atlanta to make that, you know, that atmosphere even better because right. Saturday was a Suedo home game for Auburn. Uh, definitely had the most crap fans there and by a, a lot, obviously. Right. Uh, so Memphis traveled well. I was surprised um, and impressed. I mean, that, that was a fun neutral side environment. Um, I, like you said, I'd like that to be on campus, but we're always going to play some neutral side games. Uh, this was a fun one. It was a lot more, uh, lively than having nebraska last year which was just an auburn game yeah well that and they played that game at 11 30 a.m in that first right. time slot you made the auburn memphis game the prime time time slot which was the third game and the other thing that they did which maybe maybe some other people wouldn't like didn't like this but i loved it is they only charged you for one session they didn't split yep. the sessions up and you didn't have to buy two sets of tickets and go to one session leave the arena come back in like you bought a ticket and it was for all four games. So 
you know. And I think seeing the slate, they knew they kind of had to do that. Um, yeah. Try and encourage those Auburn and Memphis fans to get there early, stay late. Um, and some did. I mean, we, uh, you were there all day. The people I was with, we showed up around halftime of the LSU game um, and stayed for about the first half of the Clemson game. So, I mean, we, we spent four or five hours there. I think uh, if Auburn, I think if Auburn would have won, I think more would have stayed. But exactly, I think, yeah. So, you know, well, let's get into the game a little bit more uh, specifically. Not the one we want to talk about the most, but worthwhile. Um, I think we learned a lot about this this team during this game. Uh, we also learned that Kendrick Davis is a really, really, really good basketball player. Um, Twenty-seven, nine, and six for him uh, in thirty-eight minutes, which. That's a lot of minutes, uh, especially this early in the season. But, you know, he, we couldn't stop him. You know, he came into this game. He had, like, a couple really bad shooting games. He had, like, a 4-for-18 game, 5-for-17. And it got thrown out of the previous game. And this just felt like a game where he was going to bounce back and, and show why he was one of the most sought-after transfers uh, on the in the market last year because he played at SMU and he ended up, you know, staying in the American Conference. But – uh, one thing that uh, my my friend that's Memphis fan, he he actually was sitting close to the court, and uh, one thing he mentioned, and he said that you know when Katie Johnson came into that game, he and Ken Kendrick were jawing back and forth at each other, and uh, I don't know if that kind of sparked Kendrick or not. I mean, it's Katie being Katie, and I'm you know it yeah, is yeah, you, you know what you're doing, I mean, That kind of got him going, you know. So right, if if we win that game, we all talk about that as oh, Katie got in his head. Yeah. Um, you know, when, in the St. Louis game, KD and Dylan getting at Yuri Collins early was a big reason we won that game. So, yeah, it is yeah. what it is. Uh, a lot of other people had bad performances besides KD. So. Oh, absolutely. And I don't, yeah, I don't want to single him out. It was just a, it was an observation from a Kendrick sure. perspective. Yeah. Um, but because, because quite frankly, from an offensive perspective, he was probably the best guy we had. Um, you know, he 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 did take fifteen shots. Uh, on Saturday, and nobody else took more than nine. But when Auburn needed a bucket, it felt like Katie was like the one guy that could get one. Him and him and Chris Moore, um, which I, I have been loving Chris Moore this season. Oh, I have too. I mean, he he has really come into exactly what we needed him to be. Um, and that's not that he's a superstar by any means, but he's shooting well. He's playing good defense. He he plays the ball in the air better than almost anybody I've seen. Like he, he looks like a stud wide receiver high pointing the ball. Like on yeah. some of these inbounds I've noticed, especially he doesn't get beat very often on those. No, he doesn't. No, like him and him and him and Jalen both. I think m- maybe I'm mixing games up, but I feel like Jalen had about three or four times where they Memphis tried to inbound the ball and he knocked the ball away. And so yeah, him and, you know, and Jalen are really are good at that. And, you know, we'll talk more about Jalen in a little bit with the As, Georgia State uh, game. J- but uh, Jalen Williams, QB one. Well, Jalen <laughs> Williams fan accounts very happy with what he saw last night. I'm but sure. uh, no, but getting back to Memphis, like it, it felt like you know Memphis. I mean, all credit to Memphis in this game. Like they outplayed Auburn. I really feel. I really feel strongly about that. They they exposed Auburn in the sense that it felt like they decided to speed the game up and kind of beat Auburn in its own game. You know, for so. For the last several years, we've seen Auburn play, you know, up tempo, really fast, try to try to wear you out, and it felt like Memphis, with the experience that they had, which they had ten seniors on that roster, you know. Yeah, that's something we talked about last week. Those ten seniors were going to be tough to beat. Yeah, 
you know, they, they, you know, they, they sped all, you know, they, they went down and they'd score basket, you know, quick bucket after quick bucket. And there was a point that Memphis made like nine, 10 shots in a row midway through the second half to kind of separate themselves, um, you know, where they built like a 15 point lead. The other thing I want to, other, other thing I want to call out too is, you know, Auburn's been really good at blocking shots this year. They didn't block their first shot until there was 326 left in the game. <laughs> and, so- and, I don't know if you picked up on this in the arena, but uh, at, at State Farm, they've got uh, like all the stat totals for each team in the corners on screens. And yeah, you see each player's line, and at the bottom, they have team leaders for all the different stats. For 30, 35 minutes in this game, obviously Auburn didn't have a block. Did you notice who the block leader was listed as? I, I, I did. I, yeah. I definitely did. Um, uh, one Jalen Harper. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna. You had the team with zero blocks for a long time. I was gonna coin it as a, a name that uh, Auburn fans have come to know and love, uh, the brother of, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it was like Dylan yeah, and Dylan and, and like he got the sec. Like they Auburn only blocked two shots in this game, and they were like within like a thirteen second span. And they were late uh, in the game too. Yeah, within the last three and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, Auburn and and the other thing the other thing I want to mention too from a defensive perspective is you know once again Auburn got out rebounded they were minus eleven on the boards it and, was brutal for a while um, yeah. I think it was minus sixteen in the first half so they they kind of corrected it but they were getting just slammed early on you know and one thing I want to mention too is you know he's not here he's not here this year um, but you know say what you want about his three point shooting last year it was it was a struggle but. Auburn really misses Devin Cambridge. Cambridge is yep. rebounding right now. You know, he may have not made a lot of shots, mm-hmm. but he was certainly an, an outstanding rebounder. And, you know, looking at what Devin's done at Arizona State, you know, routinely he's putting up seven, eight, nine, ten rebound performances. And it's like, man, it'd be nice to have somebody right now that could, could rebound. Because that's as great as Auburn is as a defensive yep. team, as great as they are at blocking shots, the one thing that they don't do well is rebound the basketball. Yep. I think the big thing they're missing right now is Janiah Broom is clearly not healthy. Yeah. Um, healthy enough to play and healthy enough to put up okay stat lines. I mean, he was 11 of six on nine shots in this game. In a vacuum, that's not bad, but he struggled to go up with anybody. Um, didn't have any blocks in this one, obviously, uh, but just didn't look comfortable. Uh, putting himself in the right position, being being able to jump and just high point the ball. Um, we've noticed it for a few weeks now. I mean, obviously he got hurt early in the season um, and played through it. But I'm hoping that's something he can get some rest on. I don't, I don't really know that's actually going to happen. Um, but we, we need him to be fully healthy in conference play because it's been very clear. He is just – he's been missing something. Despite, you know, like I said, not playing poor, like super poorly – He's just not been what we expected. I just think when you have to replace a guy like Walker Kessler, that's very at that fair. spot. It's 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 borderline unfair expectation. And and seeing what Walker's doing in the NBA right now, it, I mean, yeah, just right right now, it's off of really, really great numbers in the NBA with the Jazz. But you know, I think I think the, you know, obviously the expectation for him was very high, and he hurt his ankle right at the start of the season. 
and really haven't seen much, you know, much of what we saw at Moorhead State. I will say this, you know, jumping ahead to the Georgia State game, toward the end of Georgia State, he had two or three buckets where he, I saw a little bit of glimpses of, okay, this is what and, Janai can be. And that's and, the thing. There's flashes where there's, you know, a, a five-minute stretch where it's like, oh, man, he is just getting to the bucket. He's staying in front of guys. He's running in transition. But in the first half of that game uh, at Georgia State, he tweaked his ankle, and it, it bothered him for the rest of the half. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I clearly see what's there. His, his moves to the basket are fantastic, but it's just clear that he doesn't, whether he's not jumping as well as he was, or it's just the pains bothering him as he's closing in. I don't know. I don't really, don't really want to speculate on what exactly is, is bothering him, but, um, we need him. He's, he's leading the team in usage right now. He's clearly the plan is to get him the ball a lot. Um, we just need him to convert. So, and he's still, I mean, despite, despite that, he's still averaging like three blocks a game. Like he's leading that. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, what's killing me. It's his stats aren't awful by any means. Um, but it's just clear. It's like, man, he, we, we saw his tape obviously against, you know, mid-major teams, but I don't know. It, it's very clear what he can be. And I, I hope he's able to recognize that and get to that point this year. You know, and last year, you know, Auburn had a guy, you know, if you need a bucket, you know, Jabari was that guy. He could always get you that bucket. Auburn doesn't have that this year, at least not yeah. yet. Not saying that we won't at some point, but I haven't seen it yet. And the other thing I'll say, too, is, you know, it was probably for the best, just considering what we've seen so far from Auburn this year, that Auburn's non-conference schedule, yeah, they played some teams, you know, mid-major teams that are usually really good. But they haven't really played a lot of, you know, if I'm if I'm throwing Auburn's versus Alabama's schedule, you know, it's there's no <laughs> not exactly the same. Yeah, uh, I mean, this was, if if I remember correctly, Alabama's schedule is way hard. Um, yeah, I mean, they. Uh, I, what I do feel good about is that this Auburn team, with the defense that it has and the uh, experience that it has, it's I don't feel like they're likely to get upset in the first round. You know, if they're a five seed and they play a twelve, I. That's not the five twelve game. I would expect Auburn. Or I would expect to be the upset. Yeah. Well, I think I think you know realistically, I think looking at what Auburn's you know capable of doing, if, if they can put all the pieces together, you know Auburn's still going to be a tournament team. Um, I think right now. I mean, I don't know. if – I think a five seed's doable. I, I think I see them more right now as a six seven eight seed. Um, it all comes down to conference play. I mean, if this team yeah. gets healthy and is. All you know, all it takes is a hot month, six weeks, and you're a top ten team, and you're a top five team, and all of a sudden it's you know, sky's the limit. I mean, and, I mean yeah, we saw this last year. I mean, look who yeah. the toast of college basketball is right now. Go go on the other side of the state. They're the toast yeah. of college basketball. They went to Houston and won. They beat Memphis this week. They play Gonzaga Saturday. Look um, at North Carolina last year, and then this year, yeah, yeah and they, they were they bad in non-con, and then they went on a crazy run, and now they're bad in non-conference play again. Yeah, um, it's almost like we shouldn't, you know, it's almost like they had pretty much the same players come back from a team that was on the bubble until the last week of the season. Right. So, you know, and, you know, you, you don't want to get hot. I mean, you don't want to get hot. I mean, it's great to be hot right now, but, um, you know, it's better to peak in March than it is December, January, which Auburn peaked in late January last year. Uh, February was kind of, you know, up and down. But, you know, like we saw in 2019, Auburn got hot in March. And it got them all the way to the Final Four. Not saying this is going to happen for this team, but, you know, it's good to get through, work through, hopefully get everybody healthy 
and you know see what happens in the SEC play. So um, one of the th- last thing I want to say about this Memphis game yep. is you know Auburn did have a chance to make a pretty impressive comeback toward the end of the game. You know Auburn had got it down to eight points, and they had three possessions where they could have you know got it within five or six, and who knows what would have happened. Um, you know there was a turnover. There was an offensive foul on Wendell, and then the the Chris Moore uh, missed the layup, and BP went nuclear and got teed up, and that was pretty much the end of the threat. And you know people were mad, upset about it. I thought, you know, honestly, I thought both the the last two calls were were fair to a degree. I think that was the it, funniest thing is the one he got teed up on was probably the best no call of the game. Yeah, there was a lot of like they called a boatload of fouls in the first ten minutes. To the point you're like, oh, man, everybody's going to foul out of this game. Auburn's got good depth. Maybe there's something there. And then all of a sudden it just stopped. And then yeah. early, I think in the first 10 minutes of the second half, there were three fouls. And it's like, well, I mean, there, there goes any shot of getting anybody to foul out. Yeah. So no, there wasn't. There wasn't it was a just lot. strange. Not, I don't think it was biased. It was just strangely officiated. As yeah. we talk about every week. But yeah. But yeah, the, the one on Chris Moore, I mean, I, yeah, that was probably a good no call. The only the only thing I could see from that going back and looking at it is Kendrick Davis kind of got his foot up, but I don't even think he touched him at all. But I think I think between you know some of the inconsistencies and this and that, VP uh, just he had enough. He was frustrated, and um, I mean I thought maybe BP may have got should have gotten teed up, you know, halfway through the second half, maybe to spark the team or not. But yeah. I think that was just frustration blowing over at that point. But again. I don't I'll, think I'll, uh, the halftime speech was too lovey-dovey either. No, I don't um, think it was. I, those those but, guys coming out of the locker room did not look too happy. But, but let's let's be let's be clear here. Officiating is not why Auburn lost this game. No, no. Auburn lost they because beat. they couldn't but, shoot. No, I just want to make that very clear. I don't want anybody to, to sit here and think that I'm blaming officiating for a loss because yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not doing that. Just looking at the effective field goal percentage, it was almost 10% higher for Memphis. That's the game. Very, very, very rarely will you ever win a game when they outshoot you by that much. Yeah, so absolutely. That's, that's all it really was to that. Memphis is a good team. They played Alabama really well uh, in midweek. So, you know, look for they, them to uh, look good in March this year. They they need Auburn. They need Auburn. They need Auburn to win uh, because, you know, that's that's their marquee win. And, you know, that Memphis-Alabama game Tuesday night, they lost by three. And if they would have – and Kendrick Davis had like 30 points in that game. But if they would have not waited until the, literally the last second of the game to hit their first three and only three of the yeah. game, and it, or maybe it was a neutral floor, who knows? Memphis might have beat them too. So yeah. um, they're, they're actually in the midst of uh, three SEC games in a row. Um, and Saturday will be their fifth SEC game. They played Vanderbilt in the opener. I saw them here in Nashville in the opener. They played Ole Miss, beat Ole Miss, yeah. beat Auburn. Lost to Alabama, and then they played Texas A&M in Memphis on Saturday evening. So they have a very SEC-heavy uh, non-conference schedule this year. Yeah, I mean, they uh, theoretically they might not finish last in the SEC with uh, with three wins, maybe four. For sure. Um, let's move on to the Georgia State game. Uh, for a while, even scarier, and then a good ending. Um, well, that's well, debatable. Well, <laughs> in, injuries aside, you got the win. You got out of there. Um, yep. Keeping your home streak alive. 
you know, 20 point favorites, you'd like to win by at least double digits. I uh, only ended up winning by eight. Um, Auburn didn't do a great job putting this game away. Uh, had a between like a six and 10 point lead for most of the last five, eight minutes. Um, and just kind of kept Georgia State at arm's length there. Um, there were some bad things. Uh, obviously, the shooting was still bad. I think there was a little bit of gloom and doom at halftime. Um, I think Auburn made six six shots from the field in the first half. That's it. Um, yeah, I think both free throws. Yeah. Yeah. Without the free throws, especially early, Auburn would have been run out of this game. Mm-hmm. Um Georgia State had two free throws at halftime, and Auburn had a lot more than that. I don't know if you have the number. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but it was a lot. I want to say it was like 17 or 18 free throw attempts in the first half to two. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, they rallied. They they got the win. It was good to see, especially being a man down without Katie Johnson, that they were able to, uh, to take care of business. Um, and, obviously, there's a lot of rumors around Katie. Bruce left it at it was a coach's decision, and I think that's all we're going to do as well. Um, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I, I don't know what thoughts you have uh, on any of this, Will, but fire away. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going to speculate on anything about that. It was coach's decision, and he's and he's expected to play on Sunday against USC. So uh, we'll see. For what it's worth, he was at the game, engaged with his teammates. I mean, it, it wasn't like he was uh, – barred from the arena by anything. Yeah, like that. I mean, he was on the bench. He was wearing a Sweet 16 shirt. Yeah, I can't figure that out because <laughs> Auburn went to the Sweet 16 his junior year of high school, if I counted correctly. So that means somebody just had that laying around and told him to put it on. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, because he was in uniform I, other than he just, you know. Yeah, you he know. had his shorts and shoes on. Yeah. And he was warming up, so I thought he might have his jersey on under that, and then he just didn't play. Yeah. I don't know. It was it was strange, but like I said, he was celebrating with all his teammates. He was uh, having a good time on the bench. So, as we all expect and know and love, yeah. Katie for so. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's 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 good. So again, yeah. looking forward to seeing him back Sunday. But that's all I'll say about that. Um, my my thoughts on my thoughts on Georgia State is, you know, I, I'll be honest. Like I didn't I didn't feel the energy. Uh, it felt it felt flat. I don't know. If it, it was, was very flat early. Yeah, it was. I don't know if it was because Katie wasn't playing, but it felt really flat in this game for about 20, 26, 27 minutes. Yep. Even even early in the second half, it just didn't like the energy just didn't didn't seem to be there. I know um, it's kind of like who's going to step up for Auburn and who's going to be the guy to kind of take over this game. And Jalen Williams. Yeah, he sure, did. He sure did. I I have been a big Jalen Williams fan for the last three years, and I I wish Jalen would be more selfish. I really do because he's that good when he's on, and when he's within ten feet and he's got that hook shot, you know, going, it's almost automatic. And you know, he put and up. You 20. guys keep dogging on his jump shot. Or he was two or three from deep in this game. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, I want to say he's around forty percent for the year at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. 30, 39. Yeah. 
yeah, right on it. So he had 28 rebounds and he blocked three shots, which, you know, after not blocking but two shots against Memphis, yeah. Auburn had 11 blocks against Georgia State in the midweek game. But it just felt like, you know, Auburn was down, I think, six early in the second half. I think it was 36 30. It was and I six and a half times as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, think Jalen hit a three. And then it just seemed like every time Auburn needed a bucket, Jalen was kind of stepping into that role of getting Auburn the bucket that they needed. Yep. And then, hello, Trey Donaldson. Here's your Auburn <laughs> moment. He was uh, uh, definitely what I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, same. Just they – so without KD, uh, Chance Westry gets moved from the backup point guard to playing more at the two. Um, he got only eight minutes in this game. Uh, yeah. par- partially because uh, we've you – know, Zep played a lot. And also, Trey Donaldson was that good. You know, between Trey and Wendell, they had uh, almost 50 minutes, so 10 minutes with them on the court together. Um, Chance is having a rough go right now. And I, Chance and is I, having a rough go, and that's that's okay. We have been spoiled by freshmen ever since, uh, what, Isaac's freshman year, I guess? Um, yeah. But even even before that, I mean, Austin Wiley's a freshman, was really good. Mustafa Heron's a freshman, was really good. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's okay that Chance is just not ready yet. Yeah, um, I think the injury has a role in that, too. I, th- I think that's part of it. Uh, I think it, it, it's part of what Bruce said a couple weeks ago. He's had to move him around a lot because he's not sure what his roster is. Yeah. And, you know, it's – yeah, that's not fair to chance, but it is what it is. Um, he's, ho- I mean, he's, hopefully what we saw in this game will settle some roles. Yeah. I mean, he's Tra- had to – Trey Donaldson's PG2. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I agree with that. You know, I think, you know, Chance has been, you know, bounced around between the one, the two, and even the three. And I think yeah. I think you and I would both agree. I feel like the two is probably where he will he needs to end up long term, you know. And, and then the thing with the other, you know, while we're talking freshmen, you know, Trey or still trying to find his, you know, his role on this team too. Um, it helps that you're playing behind Jalen and, you know, Broom and and Dylan, you know, trying to to learn the, the, the but yeah, you know, and Chris Moore playing some four the last couple, couple yeah. games. So I mean, we're gonna we're gonna need these guys to step up and you know, I, I'm hopeful I'm hopeful that they'll they'll do that and once we get an SEC play, we'll see more of them. Um, but I mean, that's the thing with non conference play. It, you know, you've seen some of the up and down play. You know, BP's been trying to tinker with these lineups and tinker with these rotations and. Try to figure out who can play, where, and what situation do you put certain guys out there? And yeah, there's been moments where it's just been like, what the heck is going on? But you know, you don't learn until you don't get out there and get. You know, it's like it's like having a having a job or starting a new job, and you don't know what you're doing. The best way you learn is on the job training. You know, it's like for for these guys right here, they're learning. You know, on the spot here while they're playing in games. So, you know, like yeah. like like I said, Ryan, we've been spoiled with freshmen. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully, you know, we've had, you know, some other guys have been able to step up in roles that, you know, they took a step back last year. Jalen's a perfect example. Jalen took a step back last year for Jabari. And Jabari, you know, obviously is playing, you know, playing in the NBA now. And Jalen, you know, took that, accepted it, played, you know, played well in his role last year. And now he's getting an opportunity to to have, you know, a solid season so far. And really, you know, I want Jalen to be more selfish, quite frankly, because he can put up 15, 20 points a game if he really wants to. For sure. I mean, Jalen uh, in usage rate, which really usage rate is just the percentage of possessions that ends with that player. So 
got five guys on the court at a time, 20% is average. Uh, Janai Broom leading the team at almost 30%. Usually your point guards are a little bit higher. Wendell's at 26, Katie's at 27. Jalen is just at 20%. He is, he is the baseline average. Uh, he's been our most efficient scorer this year. Yeah. Um, it, it needs to be higher, frankly. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, if I see that and you see that, I guarantee you the coaching staff sees that as well. I don't have any concern about um, him continuing to be the focal point going forward. Um, he's earned it. I'm not. Yeah. And I'm not going to say he's going to have a Chumo Kiki like season, like he, you know, but he's got the potential, you know, because we all thought Chuma's like, mm-hmm. Chuma, you're really good. Like, be more selfish. And, you know, we saw that and he ended up right. a first round pick. Right. So, um, yeah, Jaylen, he, he does so much well. It's it's offense, it's defense. I mean, like you said, when you needed a bucket, he could score from almost anywhere in this game. Yeah. That's not going to happen every night. He's not going to have, you know, just the, the perfect feel in the jump shot every single night. But right. uh, it's good to see that when he was feeling it, they knew to go to him. He led the team in shots. Um, you know, 20 points. That's, that's what we needed. Yeah. And then Trey Donaldson, like you were talking about before, I mean, not a huge stat night, but, I mean, in 20 minutes, 19 minutes, six points, two rebounds, three assists, three steals, and just one turnover. Massive. And he, and he was that ener- and like he was that energy guy. He kind of filled that void right. that, you know, KD coming off the bench usually provides that energy. You know, Trey's the one that really provided that energy and, and kind of in that spark, kind of in that 12-minute range where Auburn really kind of went on the run that they put him ahead for good. Um, you know, Trey, Trey played a big role in that. And, the, you know, the easy narrative is that he plays like a football player, like a defensive back that likes to hit. But it's true. I mean, he, you know, picked up a couple fouls he didn't need to pick up, and he'll learn on that. He's a, like I said, he's a freshman. Yeah. But uh, they were they he, were jumping they were jumping into him. Yeah, <laughs> but you, you got You got to learn how not to get absolutely. That foul call like on. I was saying earlier. Yep. Um, um, but there was, no, I mean, he was going through guys, getting to the basket, playing tough defense, not afraid to uh, body up with somebody. Um, it was it was great to see, um, even though he's still a smaller point guard. Um, he the the comp that you know, if I'm thinking about in recent Auburn point guards, uh, was was Javon. He might not be the silky smoothiest guy out there handling the ball. Um, but you're gonna work guarding him. And y'all remember y'all remember Javon his first year at Auburn. It was a rough go for most of it. Toward the end of the year, yeah. he really started to figure it out. And then he had and a really he, good uh, he saved that in uh, Mexico State game in the first round. Yeah, we're yeah, he saved us. He definitely and and the Missouri game in the SEC tournament, that first yeah. game, he was he was the one that kind of carried us for a while. But um, no, it was it was great to see, you know, because Trey had only played like t- uh, 12 minutes since the beginning of the Bradley game, the Cancun Challenge. And then, you know, he didn't play against St. Louis, didn't play against Memphis. And, you know, for him, it to, shows a lot of maturity for him. To it does stay locked in like that. Yeah, no, it, it says a lot about him and staying ready and being ready for his opportunity. And, you know, because of that, you know, he's got a chance to for more reasons than, than just that, obviously, uh, to have a lot more of an impact. Uh, so we'll, uh, at the end of this game, Wendell Green goes down after having like a pretty good surge in the second half. Yeah. Um, little little Jared Harper impression getting to the line 15 times. Mm-hmm. Um, but late in the game, just as Auburn is about to kind of, you know, 
put this one away. They're up a, like eight or nine at this point with a minute or two left. Eight, yeah. Uh, he goes down. I, I didn't see the replay. I don't know if he twisted his ankle or landed on somebody or what. So so he he had missed two three throws. Uh, it was 69-61, last, last minute of the game. Comes down, and uh, I think it was Tucker that laid the ball in for Georgia State. And, like, they didn't – he didn't try to foul. He was just literally just standing there. He was kind of an innocent bystander. And one of the Georgia State players kind of ran in and kind of stepped on his ankle, and okay. it, it, it turned from from what I could see on the replay. Yeah. Uh, that's so, really what happened. He was literally just standing there when he – you know, because he didn't want to – because obviously in that situation, you didn't want to foul. So he – it, right. you know, they let Georgia State have that bucket. Um, yeah, and then it, it, kind of standing there. His immediate reaction made me not worried about it. Like I thought he, I was on the other end of the court. I thought he may have been cramping up or something because he was just kind of sitting on the ground trying to hold his his feet, maybe to pull his toes a little bit. Um, but then you go into the timeout. Trainers go out. Yeah, you see him take his shoe off and kind of help him limp off the court. Not ideal. Um, Bruce today said he's. He's going to travel out to L.A. this weekend and might play unclear. My my unprofessional opinion, my unprofessional opinion is that uh, these next two games are the least important two games left on the schedule. Um, and you've got two guys who are competing at, for the backup point guard spot. Maybe let them uh, go head to head. Yeah. But, you know, it, coaches are going to make the best decision for the guys. I, so we'll see. I, I have a feeling that he'll give it a go uh, yeah. Sunday. We'll see how effective he is. Um, I mean, I'm, I mean, it may not be able to play much or be as effective. But the thing with Auburn that I've, I've, I've kind of noticed, you know, so far this year is Auburn goes as Wendell Green goes, in my opinion. And when Wendell's not on his, when Wendell's off a bit, Auburn has really struggled. I don't think because. You know, going back to Memphis, I don't think he played his best game against Memphis. And he was only three and nine from the field yesterday. He made his, you know, he got his he got his points at the three throw line. He made eleven of those fifteen three throws. But I really feel like this Auburn team's gonna go this year as Wendell goes. So if Wendell's out for any significant amount of time, that's not great. But like you said, you know, you've got these two games on the West Coast here where it's an opportunity for Donaldson, chance. Um, you know, maybe you throw Zep back. I, I'm just I'm just spitballing here, but you know. To kind of point guard by committee, but you know this Auburn team—they've got to have an effective point guard because we've seen what Auburn teams look like when they don't have a point guard. And trust me, we don't want to go down that road again for a very long time. Uh, so. Yeah, um, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts about this one, about this Georgia State game? Uh, I mean, I think that's—I think we've kind of talked enough about it. So yeah. I know we've got a couple more games to look forward to here. Last shout out, uh, Janai Broom got honored with a uh, little presentation for his thousandth career point, which he had in the last home game. Um, and then Wendell Green, right behind him, scored his 1,000th in this yep. one. So, yep. 2,000 point scorers. Uh, hopefully, they'll be around to uh, score several hundred more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So, all right. Let's get on to the last game uh, coming up, the last game before Christmas. Um, Auburn at Washington for the first time ever in Seattle. They've played. Uh, yes, they played once. Oh. Come on, Ryan. Sorry, 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 sorry. What I meant by the first time ever, and I'm going to cop out here for the first time ever, Auburn is playing a game in the state of Washington. 
Good save. Yeah, that's good what save. I was going for. Definitely. All right. I remember you had, didn't you have like a trivia show yeah. earlier this year yeah, where it's I like did. Auburn yeah. hasn't, yeah, you I'm should know this. Come on, Ryan. And I should have had, should have had you and James on here. It would have been a lot more fun. <laughs> you, given actually, you actually tried. We love you, Carl. I said it. And Fergan Painter. And for, yeah, Fergan Painter. We love you, Carl. The observer don't know ball. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot more ball than me, let me tell you. I will, I will admit that immediately. So, yeah, so for just kind of looking at Washington. So, yeah, like you said, first game ever in Washington, first first game in Seattle, obviously. Um, this is a game that uh, Pac-12 Network, get the streams up and running because otherwise not a lot of people are going to get to see it, which it's really a shame because this was a game I think a lot of people were looking forward to. You know, for Washington, it's their big non-conference home game, and they put it on the Pac-12 Network, and, you know, only a few people can get the Pac-12 Network, like, 12 people get the Pac-12 network, maybe. It's so. funny because I only know of one way to get Pac-12, um, and it's the satellite we use for our tailgate gets Pac-12 network. Yeah. Don't know why, but we found out watching, like, a, one of the night games we had this year, we turned on a Pac-12 game, like, 3 o'clock uh, to watch Bo Nix. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, we, we may fire up the tailgate <laughs> next Wednesday night to watch this game. Yeah, get the white tents out there. Yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that's how you that, make some money that way. Auburn have a little watch party. Um, but, yeah, so as we mentioned earlier, Auburn's played Washington once. This is technically the back end of a home-and-home home series. Uh, it's been delayed. Five years later? Years. Do what now? Is it, is it five years later? Uh, is, is this the Final Four, four team uh, or the four. SEC tournament team? No, this was the Final Four team that we played. Okay. Them. So we, so we played them in 2018, 2019. I think we were supposed to come back the following year. I think I don't remember what, exactly what happened off the top of my head, but that got moved back to a year. Then COVID, so obviously that didn't happen. And then it wasn't on the schedule last year. I think partially because of COVID. So honestly, I didn't think we were going to play the ever play this game, which I was looking forward to. So I was really happy over the summer when they announced that they're going to return the trip to Washington. So. Nice of Auburn to finally return the trip to Washington. But in that first game that Auburn played, and there's nobody on either roster, but just kind of a recap for for folks. You know, Auburn won that game 88-66. It was the second game of the year. It was the opening Friday night of college basketball season. And you may or may not remember, it was the first time that Auburn had played a top 25 team while ranked in the top 25 in Auburn Arena's history. Auburn was ranked 11th. Washington was ranked 25th. It was supposed to be a really high-profile, big-time game, and Auburn blew their socks off from the word go, and Washington never recovered. And Auburn was 12 of 31 from three in that game. I'll take six threes in this game. I'd be thrilled with six. And we saw what Chumo Kiki can be in that game. He had a 19 and 10 game, and Samir had 18. So uh, just a little quick recap of that game. That was a dominant performance from start to finish from Auburn. And and that was kind of the night I was like, well, we've got a really, I knew we had a good team that year, but man, we showed a lot of potential <laughs> in that game. Um, as far as the who current was, Washington, go ahead. Who, Ryan, who was the guy, sorry, on Washington's team that year that was ended up being a draft pick? Jalen Noel, maybe. Um, no, uh, no, no, Matisse Thibel. Yes, Thibel. Yeah, Matisse Yeah, yeah, Matisse Thibel was the, uh, was the guy uh, drafted by the Sixers, I believe. So, yeah, they had. I mean, they had some talent on that team for sure. Um, 
As far as this year's Washington team, they are eight and three. They were one and one in the. And I'm surprised I got this far without mentioning Conference of Champions because this is <laughs> Conference of Champions road trip, and you'll hear Conference of Champions a lot on the broadcast Sunday. Um, so yeah, but they have lost to Cal Baptist. Uh, they have a one point loss at Oregon State, and then they lost at Gonzaga. Um, I believe Cal Baptist. If I'm no, I'm thinking of another school. Disregard. We'll keep going. Um, Oregon they, State, by the way, number two hundred and twenty-eight in Ken Palm. Yeah, yikes! Well, the same the same Oregon State team that gave Duke all they could handle in Portland in the PK eighty-five. Um, but um, this Washington, Oregon, Oregon State has sorry, I'm gonna cut in real quick. Oregon State has four wins this year. Uh, obviously, the Washington game. They've also beaten number one ninety-four Tulsa, uh, a D two, I guess, Bushnell team. Um, and number 359, Florida A&M. That's it. Yikes. Hmm. Yeah, I remember that Oregon State team that went to the Elite Eight two years ago, and then they won like three games last year? Yeah, that team. Yeah. Same yeah, team. It's, uh, it's weird out west, man. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get. So, Pac-12 after dark, man. Um, so, this team averages 69.5 a game, allows 65.5. Nice. They shoot 32% from three. Uh, their leading scorer is a name that Auburn fans are probably familiar with because he played at the school that everybody came to see Auburn play back on January 22nd, the Kentucky Wildcats. Yes, I'm talking about Keon Brooks, uh, former <laughs> Kentucky Wildcat, averaging 17.8 a game, 6.3 rebounds, coming off a game where he had 30 points against Cal Poly, uh, which they needed all that to narrowly defeat Cal Poly, by the way. Um, but yeah, Keon Brooks is their go-to guy. Uh I was trying to coin the Kentucky thing a lot better than I did, but it didn't happen, <laughs> alas. We, we all know what you meant. We all knew. What, yeah, we, I think y'all were picking up what I was putting down. Uh, the next player, Cole Bajima, uh, Bahima, if I, uh, he is a 38.6% shooter from three. Probably the guy that I would be the most uh, aware of. He averages 10.5 a game, five rebounds. They are missing their starting center, who tore his ACL, Frank Kepnang. Uh, he's out Ooh. for the year. So in there, they have another, I mean, they have another center that is 7'1", 250 pounds in Braxton Mia, averages about nine and six. And they've got a couple other guys that's averaging about seven, eight, uh, eight, excuse me, eight, nine a game. PJ Fuller, Keon Minifield, and Jamal Bay. Uh, so they're about seven, eight deep as well, kind of similar to the Trojans. Um, that's um, there, by the way. Another pretty team, it looks like. I skipped I skipped their Kim Palm and all that stuff. They are so we mentioned at the top of this preview that this was potentially not going to be any Q1 games. This is a Q2 game. Washington is 95 overall Kim Palm. They are 155th adjusted offense, 68 adjusted defense, and their 95th overall ranking is one spot ahead of the Vanderbilt Commodores. So <laughs> I missed something, but yeah, I, I, they have. Improved where they were to start the season, at least. They were yes. uh, well over 100 earlier on. And, um, so, broken to the top 100, at least. Um, yep. a- again, just like USC, uh, fairly tall and do a good job of blocking shots. Um, 18%, they're just a little bit behind Auburn. They're number four in the country there. Um, so, but it's strangely enough, they don't excel uh, at stopping two point shooters. Uh, they focus on three-point shooters. Only uh, 27% from beyond the arc on defense. Uh, it's 11th in the country. 
So kind of a weird one too. I'm not really sure what that's about, what kind of style they play to, to force that. Um, Jalen Williams, monster game. Calling it now. Yeah. Uh, if, if there should be room for some mid-range shooters here. Uh, if if Jalen can keep laying that in uh, with a little hook shot, it could be a big game. Yeah. I think realistically for Auburn, I mean, you got two games here. I think realistically Auburn's going to – Auburn gets one of these games. Uh, you don't want to come home from this 0-2. Um, I think I think realistically, I mean, if they come two and zero is great. Two and zero would be a phenomenal week. Realistically, depending on how Wendell, the status of Wendell Sunday, I think that's the one. I, like I said earlier, that's the one I'm the more worried about compared to the Washington game. But uh, it would be it would be nice to get two nice wins on the road against P5 teams before SEC play because once you come back from this trip, you're in SEC play. So because you've got Florida. You've got Florida December 29th at home, so um, yep, it would be a good. It'd be good for perception. It's good. I'm glad Auburn's doing this. I remember when this was kind of announced that I was looking forward to making this trip, and life happens, so I'm not. Um, maybe better because I think Auburn's lost three in a row in games I've attended away from Auburn Arena, so Oof. maybe for the best. Um, we are keeping you out of uh, the Vandy game in February. Well, I will have already been to a couple games, so I'm going to test that theory before we even get to the Vandy game. But, um, yeah, so should be should be an exciting week. Um, you know, we're we're almost through the non-con. Um, really hoping that, you know, I know I know people are kind of down on Auburn a little bit after that Memphis game, but you know, remember just just we lost to a tournament team. It happens. Lost a really good team. It's one game. It's not the end of the world. Um, kind of like Miami. One of the most veteran teams in the country. Yeah. It's going to happen. Absolutely. So, that's, yeah. So, Auburn uh, still fifth in the conference in Ken Palm, uh, but the SEC has six top 25 teams. So, yeah. It is what it is. Uh, I am not terribly torn up about it. Um, honestly, I, I think we've seen them play. I'm going to put my foot in my mouth here more than likely. I think we've seen them play some of their worst basketball. Not that it can't stay bad, but I mean, between that Northwestern game, the first half in the Georgia State game, this team is better than they have played so far. Yeah, no, definitely. The pieces are there. They just haven't been able to mesh them together. And I think, I think you can argue for the last five games have been kind of a, have been a struggle offensively. Uh, the Colgate game was the, the lone exception in that game. And I don't know if this team will ever be a good three point shooting team. I have my doubts, but you know, this team's going to win a lot of games. If they play the, the level of defense that they played. Yeah. Only and, one team has scored more than 66 points and it was Memphis. Yeah. Again, that, that is a, that will win you almost every game. Yeah. You have like Auburn has to figure out a way to rebound the basketball better. Yeah. And, if you're not going to be a great shooting team, got to rebound better. Exactly. Simple as that. Very, very much. So, all right. Um, any closing thoughts here, Will? I think we've kind of uh, talked all around this basketball team tonight. No, this was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. this Let was, you empty the notebook a little bit. Yeah. No, this was. I, I enjoyed doing this. It was nice putting some show notes together and kind of doing a deep dive on this and looking forward to these two games and then get ready for SEC play because it's less than two weeks away at this point. So. Um, yep. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. So I appreciate you having me on tonight. 
Of course. This is, uh, we're getting into the fun time of year. We're all going to go home, uh, enjoy Christmas, uh, and then we're going to be ready to go. It'll be uh, conference time. 